Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Byword Show. I'm so glad you're here, and I am very excited for this episode. We've got Kelly Thompson with us today, and I just have to say before we begin, I was just we we just hopped off Zoom and got on this call. I was on a recording for her podcast. And I'm already obsessed with her, so it is such a treat that I get a double dose of her today, and I can't wait for you guys to hear from her. So before we get started, Kelly, would you please introduce yourself to everybody who doesn't know you yet? Absolutely. So my name is Kelly Thompson. Thank you so much for that gracious introduction. (laughs) I am a messaging and visibility coach. I help women package their skills um, into a high-value offer and promote it using virtual events. I love that. That's so cool. And I feel like there's such a need for this. So would you just tell us how this came about? Like, tell us a little bit about your story and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. So I started my business shortly after our oldest daughter got engaged. I'm a homeschool mom, been homeschooling for the last, I don't know, 13 years or so. And it's been a blessing that we've been able to kind of stay home and I've been able to stay home with the kids and my husband was working, but it really was a sacrifice to kind of go down to one income. So mm-hmm. as you might imagine, all the things that you can't do when you only have one income, right? Like lots of things, lots of fun things that I kind of want to do with the kids. We really haven't been able to, we hadn't been able to do a whole bunch of that. So fast forward a few years and our, our oldest daughter gets engaged and it really was a wake up call for me to really start thinking like, wait a minute, what am I doing? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what's my plan going forward? You know what I mean? Like you, as a woman, we tend to kind of put ourselves on the back burner. You know, once you have mm-hmm. kids, it's all about the kids, keeping them alive, right? Like, what do they yep. need? How can I help? <laughs> right? Like all of those things. And so by doing that, you really kind of become almost, I was talking about this to someone else, you almost become invisible to your own needs, right? So that's kind of where I was at. I was really kind of thinking like, oh my goodness, they all grow up eventually and they're going to leave. And of course, that's what you want because you want them to be productive, healthy, happy members of society, (laughs) right? But at the same time, for a mom, when you're spending all of this time and energy in your children, and then to know that they are going to leave like that would if that is your identity because you're focusing mm. so much on them which i think a lot of times we women especially get lost in that and so yeah. that was my identity you know my friends were their friends parents and so on and so forth so it was really a wake up call to to realize that time is not stopping time will continue to tick on by And for me, I really didn't want to wake up one day and look at my life and go, wow, I didn't get to do the things that I wanted to do. I came from an entrepreneurial family. My mom Mm -hmm. had a business. My dad had a business. So I always knew I wanted to have a business and I always knew I wanted to help people, but I just didn't kind of know exactly what that would look like. So anyway, she gets engaged. I'm like, wait, what? Okay. (laughs) I got to do something now. Critical mass. I need to make a decision, right? Like, you know, those distractions that you always have kind of push those decisions to the side. Well, it's Mm -hmm. kind of one of those wake up calls. We're like, nope, no more. We got to figure something out. So I started um, going back to the thing like yourself. I always loved writing. So I kind of went back to the thing that was kind of my go-to for years and years. I had started a blog years ago when my kids were, when I was homeschooling all of them, like years and years ago, and you know, things happen and you get distracted and that kind of fell by the wayside. So I picked that up again. I started blogging and, you know, I was like, all right, well, maybe I can monetize my blog in some fashion. And I was trying to figure that out. And that kind of morphed into copywriting and I loved copywriting. It was great. But then the problem came where I wasn't getting enough clients. You know, how you start your business with your big dreams and you're like, oh, 
I'm going to make money. It's going to be great. I'm going to help people and all of those yep. things. Right. Like who everyone starts like that. And that's what I did. And yep. I was like, wait a minute, where's I like, I should be like, where's my jet? <laughs> like, where's my private <laughs> right? jet at this point? Right? So it just wasn't happening fast enough, to be honest. And I started looking, doing some research to kind of figure out, okay, what is it that I need to be doing? How can I bring in more clients, right? I wanted this faster. I wanted to be able to help clients. I wanted to be able to not, you know, I wanted to be able to help people on a, on a bigger scale. I had really big dreams of how I was going to help. So I went to, you know, where everyone goes to when they're looking for information online. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so I started doing some research to kind of figure out, all right, what does this look like? And, you know, I found Instagram prior to that. I did not have an Instagram account. I think I had a Facebook account Facebook account because some of my friends actually created one for me because <laughs> I was just never into social media. I just never cared to share my life like that. So um, I Instagram, I started looking and all the gurus are saying, you got to post content, you got to post content. So I was like, okay, let me, you know, create some stuff. And I was like, fortunately I had like a tech background anyway. So I was like, all right, you know, Canva, start creating carousels, posts. And, all right. Now I need to record reels and all right, I'm going to point at a bunch of things on my <laughs> reel. <laughs> you know? so I was yep. like, okay, <laughs> I can do all the things. So I was doing all that and I was doing that and I would spend weekends like recording reels and writing posts and captions. And I love writing. So that like I was all in but it was taking so much time and energy to get it all done. Mm. Like I remember telling my kids, like, you can't come in the room. I need to, you know, I need to be in this office space and I need to be sitting there creating reels and all of those things. It just took a lot of time. And to be honest, I was getting more and more burnt out with it because as I was doing it, I still mm. wasn't getting a whole lot of clients coming in, you know, like I had reels that would go viral, but you know, and I'd get more followers, but followers don't equal buyers. Right. Right. So I was kind of frustrated with the whole process. And I thought, you know what? Like I have four kids. I do not have time to be sitting here posting all this content with like nobody responding. You know what I mean? Like I, if I'm going to mm -hmm. do something, I really want the most bang for my buck. So around that time, I got invited to speak somewhere. And it wasn't for any money or anything like that. I wasn't pitching an offer. I was just speaking. And at that time, it really dawned on me like, hey, how are people selling things before social media? They were doing things like this. They were doing live events. They were doing workshops. They were doing, you know, conferences and all kinds of other ways that they were selling things. So it really kind of dawned on me like, hey, this is something I really want to do. So I started doing some research, got some mentorship. And that's what I've been doing ever since to be able to really get clients and bring people in the door. And I pivoted since pivoted my business to be able to provide, provide that service to women because I realized it was such a huge need for women to know how to market their business outside of being chained to social media. And that was just not something that I, I personally enjoyed and I wanted to be able to help others. Wow. That's incredible because I feel like so many women, especially moms, feel this pressure to mm -hmm. do all the things on social media. It's like, oh, I got to make five reels a day. I got to <sighs> do this, this, and this. Yes. I got to make sure I'm posting constantly. And it's like, that may work for some people. But if yes. you're a mom, I mean, I have one and it's hard. I can't imagine being a mom of four. You're a superwoman, <laughs> but like, it's just so much to keep up with. And there's, I have never heard really anybody talk about there being another option. So yes. talk to us about that. Like, what is your approach and what do you help other women do so that they can 
feel like they have some freedom from being chained to social media. That is life-changing. Yes, it really was life-changing, honestly. It, it felt like a weight was lifted off of me, to be honest. I bet. Um, it really is. And you know what, what, what I've kind of come up with after you know doing this myself and <laughs> having events fail, you know, when I first started, I was like, wait, I have all these people that showed up and wait, nobody bought? How does that work, <laughs> right? And like getting mentorship and kind of figuring that whole thing mm. out, like I really kind of identified like four kind of key steps that you have to go through. The first one is crafting an irresistible offer. You have to have something that people actually want, right? Like what I learned was I had a good offer. I had a good offer. But when you're creating a, an irresistible offer, it's one of those offers that people are like, they'd be crazy not to take it, right? And mm -hmm. I found that you can create an offer like that without a whole lot more energy from you, right? Like you have this stuff inside you already. You're just yeah. not really, one of the things that we do as women is we tend to undervalue our knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. We don't really value the things, our, our knowledge and our experiences. So we look at it and we're like, ah, people already know that, or nobody needs that, right? Mm -hmm. When you're creating that irresistible offer, th that thing that people are going to be like, oh my gosh, I really want that. It really, a lot, most of the time comes directly from your own knowledge and experience. Like we undervalue mm. that thinking, surely no one cares about that, but they do. So just creating that irresistible offer. And that includes like identifying the right people that really would benefit from what you do. Knowing your messaging. Messaging is huge. Messaging, like, you know, you love words too. Like mm -hmm. messaging is such a big deal. Like knowing how to articulate the value of your offer to um, clients, prospects, like that's such mm -hmm. a big thing. I mean, messaging affects your sales pages, your, your emails, your content, like so many different things, right? So really just kind yes. of nailing that down and then sharing your story. Like that's kind of the three keys to an irresistible offer. Like being able to share your story because, you know, as I said before, right, even on our past past before, success builds walls and failure builds bridges right? Yes. So being able to share your story to connect with other people is huge when it comes to creating that irresistible offer. The second part is to host a virtual event. A lot of times we're kind of afraid where we're thinking, I don't know, you know, you have to be super polished and super amazing to kind of have an event. <laughs> and like, you really don't like, just like I said before, you, you're different than the guru on the mountain. Like, you know, I, mm -hmm. my, my coach says this and, and she used to talk about the guru on the mountain is the person that's kind of achieved it all has like making lots of money, like millions, seven, eight figures and all that stuff. And they're looking down and they, yeah, they can help you, but there a lot of times they forget and they don't remember how, you know, the little pitfalls and the curves and maybe the landscaping mm -hmm. is a little bit different versus you who are maybe you're just a few steps ahead of the person that you can help. Right. That's the easy part. So we look at it like you have to be super polished and all that stuff. And that's not the case at all. Like how many of you would really be happy if someone is just able to solve your problem? You don't care where they are on the journey. If they're able to like, hey, this is what I can help you with. I don't care if you've been doing this for 40 years, or if you've been doing it for six months, so long as you're ahead of me in the process, right? Right. And so being able to kind of... um host your virtual event. It sounds a lot scarier than it actually is, but once I got into it and, and, and getting the right tools in place is kind of key, right? Cause there's a lot of, it, there's an easy way to do it. And I kind of go through that in my, in my program. And then the next thing, after you create your irresistible offer and you host your virtual event, the next step in that is to make sure that you're filling your room with people that will be interested in buying your irresistible offer. Right. Mm. And that 
that is the easiest part because it really is about connecting with other people. It can take you years to build an audience. I don't know if you've ever like looked at your Instagram or your Facebook, you know, post and trying like when you post something and you're kind of hoping like, did I get a new follower? Or did I get some more engagement? And, you know, you're just kind of waiting, like how many followers do I have now? Right. And, and we kind mm-hmm. of look at that as, as being part of, um, our value in some way. Like we, unfortunately in this world of kind of smoke and mirrors, you kind of look at people online and you're looking at what they have and like, how many followers do they have? Does that, as if that makes them credible, you know what I mean? When really you can have like people that are selling Forex and crypto or whatever that are following you. (laughs) You're just like, oh, she's got three million followers, right? But really half (laughs) of them are trolls or, but we look at that, right? We look at that and go, okay, well, that's what's going to make someone credible. And that's not the case. So filling your room is really all about making sure you're getting people that are actually interested in your offer. And one of the ways that I teach people do that is to collaborate with other women. You know, it's Mm -hmm. a huge thing for you to be able to make connections with other business owners that are in a collaborative way that already has your audience, right? Like that's, that's like gold. And then the last step in the system is really creating a system, right? It's the idea is to not be busy all the time. Like I don't know yes. about you, but I've got enough things to do in my life, right? Like we were just talking <laughs> yeah. a little bit before the podcast, right? Just, it's another thing. There's so many things mm-hmm. that we have to do. So the idea is really to automate the process as much as possible so that you're not, you know, hung up doing the things like you do now in terms of getting clients by posting content 24 seven. So the system is just kind of a complete difference between posting content 24 seven and what I teach to women. And it really is kind of a liberating kind of, oh, there's a better way, you know, when I, yes. when I kind of show my clients the whole system and lay it out. So it really is wow. great. Oh, I bet. It sounds like it. I'm, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Wow. That is got to be so freeing. Yes. Just yes. The, uh, like the difference between having that sort of intention behind yes. your business Rather than feeling like you constantly have to just be on this hamster wheel of creating content, finding new people, getting new followers. I think, oh my goodness, there were so many good points that you said, but there's one in particular I would love to come back to because you mentioned a couple times this idea that number one, women are constantly undervaluing what they have to offer. And number two, feeling like followers or views are what's going to make them credible. And it really comes back to this idea of mindset, which I know you talk a lot about. Mm-hmm. So will you touch on that piece? Because I really do feel like that's key no matter what we're doing. Absolutely. You know, again, I think as women, we so undervalue who we are and what we're capable of. And I don't know where that comes from. I mentioned before, like I'm doing this study, it's called Jesus and Women. It's by Christy, Krista McClellan, I think. I can't remember. Mm. But one of the things she talks about is this intertestamental period between a time between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And it was like 400 years, I want to say. And during this time, like the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Essenes came to power. Like, you know, they were kind of mm. like, um, spiritual leaders that just kind of rose up, kind of like a Billy Graham or something in our time. And the the one particular leader I know of that she speaks of really kind of set the stage to kind of have the Israelites or the Hebrew people at the time to distrust women and saying mm-hmm. things like, you know, you, you basically you can't trust one, a woman or comparing 
the a woman to the sin of Eve, right? Like hmm. we all make mistakes, right? Like I know a lot right. of us when we can't wait to get to heaven and be like, Eve, what in the world? <laughs> like, tell me what? <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Yeah. But what the reality is <laughs> what were you thinking? But the reality is we can't define somebody by their mistakes, right? Mm. And so that kind of, during that intertestamental period is kind of what happened. So it's flash, fast forward to today, and, and it's almost like a, a, a backlash to that, where women now, a lot of modern women now are, you know, like, oh, I'll show you, and, and doing it over to the point where you're trying to replace a man in some ways, right? So there's there's kind of this weird, you know, space that women find themselves in. If you're a Christian mm. woman, you know, you know, you're supposed to submit to your husband and you're supposed to, you know, follow God and, and be humble and, and things like that. But then you have the, the kind of the, 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 um, the, the um, current mindset where it's more like, no, you don't need a man. You can be the man. And, you know, this kind of weird dichotomy. Yeah. And I think it puts women in a very weird headspace mindset wise and not knowing kind of, especially Christian women, right? Where, who are trying to kind of walk the line a little bit. So it puts you in this weird headspace where you're not 100% sure what you have to offer and if what you have to offer is truly valuable. And here's mm. the thing I always say, before you can become the person that you want to be, you have to believe it. That comes from inside first. Mm. Before you can be it, you have to believe it, oh, right? So good. So if you don't believe that you are who you want to be like, let's say I am, I'm a coach and I really believe that I can help people. I know that I can help people, but I'm kind of afraid to talk about my offer. I'm kind mm. of afraid to, you know, charge a price that, you know, compensates me for my time, the time and energy that I want to invest in my clients. Right. Do you really know? You know, cause that's saying two different mm. things that a lot of times we may have in our minds an idea and, and, you know, we'll talk about guard your heart. Cause that's another thing that just popped in my head. Mm. We have in our minds an idea that maybe we got from someone else. Maybe someone told you at one point, maybe it was a loved one. Like a lot of times when we start a business, you know, our loved ones are like, you're doing what? Like, why are you doing <laughs> yeah. that? Go get a yeah. real job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Get a real job. Support your family. Why are you, what are you doing? Right? So if we internalize that, right. Mm. The most important message you hear is not from someone else. It's what you hear from yourself, the thoughts that go on in your mind. So someone says that to you, if you don't identify with that and you're like, I don't care what you say, I'm going to do what I want to do. Right. And some people are like that. Some people are able to just kind of brush it off. I am like that now after years and years and years <laughs> of trying to figure this whole thing out. Right. Like I was very much the person you would tell me something and I would internalize and be like, oh my gosh. I'm a terrible person. What am I doing? Right mm -hmm. now I'm at a place that I'm not like that. But if you are a person that will internalize what someone else says negative or otherwise about you, now you've given that person space in your head. Mm. That now is a thought that you ruminate on all the time. I'm not good enough. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. This is the stupidest idea ever. How can I think that I'm good enough? What am I thinking? I can't do this. All of those sorts of things stay with you in your mind. You mm -hmm. cannot do anything at all unless you first believe that you are capable of it, right? Wow. Mm -hmm. If you do not believe that you're capable, you will not accomplish it.
that is the true, that's true in business, in life. It doesn't matter what it is. Whatever words that you marinate on, that is what your future will be. There is no way around that. So if you are a person that is intaking, and this goes to guard your heart, I did a study on this, uh, on uh, Proverbs um, 4.23, I want to say, right? And it's about guarding your heart. And when I think about, think about what it, like, first of all, think about how important it was for God to put that in the Bible, mm. right? Like there's no word that's wasted in God's right. economy. He doesn't just randomly throw some up stuff out there. Nope. Yeah. If he says, guard your heart, there's a reason for that. Right. And it kind of took me down this rabbit trail of really thinking like, why, what is the reason? Like, what is the reason? Why? And when you think about guarding your heart, like guard, I, I envision like, you know, in, in Britain, you've seen like some pictures or whatever of the, the bobbies or whatever. I think they're called bobbies and they're standing yes. outside and they're guarding the palace. Right. When you have yes. that idea in your mind, like unflinching, you can kind of like, you know, throw stuff at them and they're just kind of standing there like, cause yes. they know they've got one job. Their one mm. job is to guard the palace. That is their job. They're not thinking I'm hungry. I need to go to the bath or they might be, but you don't see that, right? Because right. their job is to guard the palace. So we're thinking about guarding your heart, right? Are we doing that? Are we blocking things from getting into our heart? Now for us, our mm -hmm. heart could be our conscious. It could be our, um, our moral fiber, kind of like how, you know, our physical heart is to our physical body. Our heart in biblical terms is our spiritual heart and the things mm -hmm. that we let into our spiritual heart, right? So are we guarding and protecting our heart? What does that look like for you? Mm -hmm. Are you paying attention to the things that you're letting into your life, the words that are spoken to you and about you and through you. Are you being mm. kind to yourself? You know, I don't know about you, but a lot of times I catch some of the things that I say to myself, I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. We can be our own worst critics, right? Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Some of the stuff that I say to myself, like, oh my, who are you? Why are you saying, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Like you catch yourself sometimes. I know for me, I catch myself, like I'll do something. I'm like, oh my gosh, that was so stupid or something. And would you say something like that to someone out loud? Never, mm. never. If your son, someone you loved, you just adored, right. And they did something. Would you be like, you're an idiot. Oh my gosh, why would you do that? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Mm. You would never, but think about the thoughts that go on in your own mind. Right. Oh, I know for me, why did you eat that? Oh my gosh, what mm. is wrong with you? Just the negative energy that you are putting on yourself and just to be aware of what that looks like. Yeah. And so when we talk about guarding your heart, right? So I have that image of guarding. So when you're thinking about, are you consuming social media? I truly believe that social media is the plague. <laughs> it's the plague on society. So it does have its place, obviously, especially if you have a business. I think maybe only if you have a business or if you maybe you want to keep in touch with family or something. But I really do believe that. And it's because, like we said, it's kind of like the highlight reel of someone's life right? Mm -hmm. And so when you're guarding your heart, what are you letting in to your heart? Are you looking at someone else's life and feeling like, oh, wow, my life's not like that? Or, oh man, I'm not doing enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not rich enough. I'm not 
enough? Yeah. Are you thinking those thoughts as you consume this content? If you are, you need to reevaluate and really think about whether or not this is a wise use of your time. Is this moving mm-hmm. you forward or backwards? You know, yeah. being aware of the things we watch on TV. That's part of guarding your heart. What are you watching? What are your kids watching you watch? Ooh, mm. right? Oh, yeah. What are you listening to? <laughs> What are your kids listening to you listen to whatever? You know what I mean? Like, and what kind of message are you sending them by watching the things you're watching, looking at the things you're looking at or listening to what you're looking at? Like, there's a reason, again, like I always say, God put that word, that phrase in there for a reason. Guard your heart for out of it flows the wellspring of life right? There's lots of different translations of that, but you have to be intentional. You have to really guard your heart because if you don't, if you garbage in garbage out, right? Oh yeah. Like as a homeschool mom, my whole, our whole thing for both me and my husband has really been to try and practically insulate them as much as possible from all kinds of like the negative things that they are kind of exposed to Mm. would not then not forever just now while they're young and in their formative years. And then when they get older, it's like, all right, get out, go do your world, do do the world. You know what I mean? Like, go ahead, knock yourself out. But by then, you know, hopefully they would have, you know, it in them where they know, like, I know that the things that I'm listening to or watching or looking at or whatever, the people I'm associating with, all those things Mm -hmm. affect who I am as a person. Absolutely. So hopefully they're able to make wise choices because they've had experiences outside of what they see as the societal norm, if that makes sense. You know? Yes. Yes, it definitely I don't even remember does. the question you asked, so I hope <laughs> I answered it. <laughs> you did. Well, it all comes together. Like mindset, your self-talk, guarding your heart. I mean, that is critical, not just to success in business, but to success in life. Yes. And I'm so glad you brought up the point about what are your kids watching you do? Because I was thinking about this the other day. I am really passionate about being anti-hustle culture, which Mm -hmm, I know mm -hmm. is such a big buzzword right now. But not only for my own health, mental health, spiritual, emotional, all the things, but what I'm modeling for my son. Because what I was thinking about the other day is the fact that all of these kids who are little right now are watching their parents do social media and Mm -hmm. hurry around. They're so busy. They're so, I mean, most of these kids are watching their parents create content for social media every day. And it's like, that's just a crazy world that they're living in. So what, what are they hearing me say? What is my son hearing me say? What is he watching me do? He sees how much time I spend on my phone. He sees how much time I spend stressing about work stressing about all my to-do lists. And I don't want that for him. I I don't want him to think that he's going to grow up and what's normal is to be busy all the time because that is not healthy. And it makes me want to be more aware of what I'm doing, what I'm saying to myself and guarding my heart because that is a lost art. And I'm so glad that's something that you touch on with women because especially in business where we feel like already as women, we have to hustle to keep up. Yes. We just, yes. we have to protect ourselves from that. A hundred percent. And, you know, just to speak to what you said, that whole hustle, hustle, hustle. As an entrepreneur, 
there's some points, there's no way around it, right? You have to work mm-hmm. hard. Like to be successful, right. there's nobody out here that's just kind of like, oh my gosh, I started a business yesterday and now I'm a millionaire. Like, that doesn't <laughs> happen, right? <laughs> that doesn't happen. So yes, there is a certain amount of kind of hustle that you have to do. Mm-hmm. And so just like you said, it's kind of a buzzword thing now where people are like, oh, I'm so anti-hustle or whatever. And then they'll, you know, they'll show pictures of their yacht. Okay. You know what I mean? It's great. You've made it. All right. That's fantastic. Right. But here's the thing. Like if you are an, a, a, a budding entrepreneur, if you're an entrepreneur that's, you know, a year, a couple years in business or whatever, the key is to remember that there should be an end goal, right? Like what is it that you would like to see? When is enough enough? Right. If yes. you're, if your goal, when I first started, my whole goal was I want to make a hundred K like, that's what I want. Like I want a hundred K for my year or whatever. And so I was like pushing, 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 pushing to keep doing, to, to get to that point. Right. Like, and I, I still want to get, I'm still I'm not there. I'm not quite there yet. Right. But you have to have a goal. And when I, when you reach that point, is it going to be like, okay, well now I did that. Now I want, you know, 200,000, 500,000, six, a million, right? Like what is your goal? Because society mm. will tell you that it's never enough. Right. That comes from internal, your internal insecurities as well, right? It's never enough. Like, yeah, yep. I, I did that, but I really want to do more, right? Like a lot of times I think people start out with like, you know, I want to, I don't know, pay off my mortgage. I want to, you know, be able to buy a new car. I want to be able to buy a house or whatever it is that you may have in your mind. And then you do that. And then the goal keeps moving. You, you start like, I just need to get here. You get here. And it's like, okay, I need to get here. And I get here. And it just can, it can continue forever. And just like you said, what ends up happening is you start missing out on your life mm-hmm. because it's all about the hustle and the grind. I want to keep going. I want to keep going. I want to get more and more and more and more. So there needs to be at some point where you're content and happy with what it is that you've received. Right. And yeah. you need to be okay with stopping at that point. Because what will end up happening is that you will miss out on your life. And I understand this because I know for me, I love what I do. I love what I do. I love helping people. I love teaching people. I love writing. I love everything about that. So literally I could come in my office, shut my door and be in here for hours and hours and hours and hours just because I love it. And I think a lot of times people who love what they do, it, it kind of becomes a little bit of an unbalanced situation because then you're so focused on doing this thing, which also happens to be making you money. So it's like a reward cycle. Like, Oh my goodness, I keep doing this thing that I love and I keep making money. Oh, this is great. Right. But (laughs) then the rest of your life starts to suffer. Like, just like what you said, like your son is watching you do things like my, my oldest is obviously married now, but my other three, they're watching me. They're seeing like, all right, mom, you got a podcast interview. Okay, mom, you're like, you know, helping this person, you know, create their event or helping them, you know, figure out what their offer is and all that sort of thing. And on one part of that, I think that's fantastic because they're seeing you, they're seeing you, they're seeing me, they're seeing all entrepreneurial moms. They're seeing like, oh, I can do both. It doesn't have to be an either or situation, right? Like I could pursue the things that I'm passionate about and I could still, you know, have a family or some people are even working full time, right? Like it doesn't have to be an either or situation, right? So that's the benefit of it because there's a good side. Your kids grow up going like, oh yeah, mom did it. I can do that. I know when my right. mom, she had a, she had her own um, store in Manhattan 
I was like, oh, that's cool. My dad and his brothers owned a car dealership. I was like, oh, that's cool. You know what I mean? So yeah. it kind of gives you that idea where you're like, oh, I can, I can do that. Entrepreneurial, being an entrepreneur isn't this kind of foreign thing. You, you don't have mm -hmm. to, you can march to the beat of a different drum. You don't have to be like, oh, you got to go to college and then you got to do this. You know, like I went to college, yeah. I did all that thing, got a bunch of degrees and all that stuff, but here I am doing this and I love this so much <laughs> more. So it doesn't have to look the same as everyone else. So that part is right. good, but then there's still a balance that you have to be aware of because otherwise you will miss out. Your kids will be grown and gone and you'll be like, mm. Oh wow. I spent the last 20 years of my life, hustle, 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 grind, grind, grind. Yeah. And what did I get from it? Now I've got money and that's fantastic, but now I don't have anyone that I can really share it with. I actually had a, mm. a good friend of mine, um, she was one of my clients and she was a, uh, a wedding planner. And one of the things that she struggled with was working so many hours that she wasn't able to spend much time with her husband. Right. Mm. And so her concern was, and we were talking about this quite candidly, like you could make it to wherever it is that you want to go, whatever goals she had in her mind, but you could make it and end up being alone. That's mm. not, that's not the goal, right? That's not what you want. So right. you just have to be aware as entrepreneurs, we just have to be aware that that's a very real thing that we can get so consumed and so wrapped up in what we're doing that we miss out on the rest of our lives. Absolutely. Well, that's such a good point. Kelly, where have you been all my life? I just love you. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> wow. I really just want to sit here and talk to you all day. Um, <laughs> so can you talk to us about how this plays out for you practically? Because everybody who listens to this show already has heard me go on and on about mindset and all of these things. But talk to us about day-to-day -day life. How do you actually guard your heart? What are some things that you recommend for women to do um, that are intentional things just in day-to-day -day life? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's funny because, gosh, how many months ago? It was several months ago, last year sometime. I can't even remember when. I started having a morning routine. And this is something actually one of my coaches talked about. And my morning routine is, is it's, it's, like, it's like a nice warm hug. <laughs> I just love it so much. Yes. And my morning routine basically consists of number one, first and foremost, I wake up. The first thing I do is read my Bible, right? Mm. I feel like that's so crucial because it gets you in the right mindset of you understanding that you are not God. There is a God. He sits on the throne and you have a purpose. He has a purpose for your life here on earth. And so not being focused on all the things I got to do, I got to do this, I got to do whatever, like, what does God want you to do? Right? Right? So that's mm -hmm. number one. That's the first thing I do. And right now, like I told you, I'm doing that study. And on the days that I don't do that, my day does not look very good. That's, I'm going to be honest, that's a problem when I, because I get busy too, and mm -hmm. I plan on it. And then I'm like, oh man, but I got to figure this out or whatever, whatever. And then I don't get to do it. So anyway, first and foremost, let's start with the word. Second thing I do is I have my daily affirmations hmm. and I actually had my daughter start doing this too. And affirmations oh, are really just positive self-talk, you know, and I have like a list of things that I say to myself, like you are loved. You are an amazing child of God. Like you have hmm. a purpose on this earth. Things that you say bring value to people's lives things like that. Right. And so if you don't have a list of things of ways to kind of love on you and your mind, 
I highly encourage you to get that because I recently added that to my morning routine a few months ago, and it has really been game changing, to be honest. It takes away so much anxiety when you direct your thoughts a certain way Mm -hmm. rather than having them be directed by everything that goes on around you right? Like it's so easy for us to just kind of be like, oh my goodness, you know, and just kind of, you freak out about stuff and, and get anxiety about things. But if you are focused and purposeful and you start your day like that, game changer, right? So there's, there's affirmations online you can find. I have another one, like a list with, um, uh, Bible verses, you know, that just God speak like a love letter from God. Like there's so many different ways. Like, so if you don't have something like that, I highly encourage you to start doing that because that will change your mindset. Another thing I do, because I feel like your mind is as important as your body. I exercise 30 Mm -hmm. minutes, whatever that may look like 45 minutes. You know, I have like a tempo machine that I work out on, but take a walk, you know, um, go downstairs, go, go into, go outside or whatever, get some fresh air, whatever that looks like, get some exercise. Cause it is so, so critical social media. I limit my, my time on social media to about maybe 30 minutes a day. And that mm-hmm. is specifically for the purpose of connecting with other entrepreneurs. I really love like downtime. So on one of those days where I'm just kind of going, 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 and I'm so busy doing all the things, I may take out my phone and scroll mindlessly through, you know, some TikTok foolishness or whatever, but that should not (laughs) be the norm. (laughs) So you really want to make sure that you are guarding what comes into your mind, what comes into Mm. your space, right? I think this also looks, um, and this is a little bit harder in terms of guarding your heart. I think it, this also looks like being aware of the people that are in your, in your circle, you know, Mm. because sometimes I have had to, I don't want to say cut off because that sounds too harsh, but I I definitely have to limit certain people from having access to me as easily. Right. Mm. And that may be more difficult if that's, you know, someone, a relative, you know, but I encourage you if you have a close relationship with someone that is just really tearing you down and you re- you can feel it. Like, you know, that energy is off. Like, you know, after you spent time with this person, you just, you feel heavy, you know, mm-hmm. you just don't feel good. Yeah. Then I, I encourage you to figure out a way to, to, to change that in some way, maybe limit their access or maybe just have a conversation. Cause sometimes maybe it's just a conversation and they don't realize mm-hmm. what they're doing or what they're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think that's extremely important to be able to limit the things that come into your circle and how that will help you practically guard your heart. Oh, I love that so much. All of those are so, so good. Well, before we go, I would love to know, is there anything that you would want to say to a woman who feels just stuck where she's at and is ready to be more intentional and take her business or work life to the next level? Yes, absolutely. There is a, um, he was a a businessman. His name was W. Clement Stone. Um, And he, I think he was in New York or something, but he built his empire off of three words. The three words were do it now. Do it now. So many times we get so distracted and so caught up with so many different things that will say we're going to do something or come, it's a great idea and you like kind of start it and then we get distracted or we get scared 
we pull back, whatever, right? And we don't do the thing that we know we're supposed to do, right? So what he did was he would say, do it now, those three words over and over and mm. over and over again. Whenever it's something he needed to do, do it now, 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 do it now. He said it all the time. He was reported to have said, do it now. He lived in a penthouse or something in New York. And he would say, do it now all the way down the elevator. Do it now, do it now, do it now, do it now. <laughs> he would even have his employees say, do it now, 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 right? So I would encourage you, if you are feeling stuck, a lot of times we already know what we're supposed to do, right? We already mm -hmm. have an idea of what it is that we should be doing. We have a thought, but we're kind of, I don't know if that's the right way or whatever. You won't know unless you do it. So you have to take the action. You have to do it now. Just do it now. And you're going to figure it out. You will figure it out, but you won't figure it out if you're not taking the action, right? You can't just stay in your head and think, 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 oh, maybe. And how about this? You will not know unless you take action. Mm -hmm. And once you take action, that next step will be revealed. All you need to do is take one step. And then when you're there, take another step and another step. So do it now is what I'd say. Do it now. Oh, that's so good. Oh my goodness. Kelly, thank you so much for being here, for sharing what you know. I think what you're doing is so incredible. There's such a need for women to hear what you were teaching. So thank you so much for doing it. Where can Absolutely. everybody connect with you, find you, work with you, all the things? Yeah, I'm actually doing a free uh, webinar on some of the things that I've been talking about. Um, they can go to aligntoattract.com slash free webinar. It's a live webinar that I'm doing um, probably soon by the time you hear this. Um, so aligntoattract.com slash free underscore webinar. If you just type in align to attract, it'll take you there anyway. And additionally, if you're um, interested in following me on social media, even though I just trash social media, <laughs> I do have a presence on social media because it's kind of required if you're a business person. So you can follow me on Facebook or you can follow me on Instagram at Kelly Thompson and co and co.com. I love it. Well, thank you so, so much for being here, for sharing your story and doing all the things you're doing. Absolutely, Hannah. It has been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to tune into another episode of the ByWords show. I love having you here and I'm so thankful for your support. Don't forget to share a screenshot of this episode to let me know you were here. I can't wait to talk again soon, but in the meantime, be sure to come hang out with me on Instagram and remember, I am cheering you on.